The third Sunday after Epiphany, January 22nd, 2022. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon our infirmities and stretch forth the hand of your majesty to heal and defend us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the third Sunday after the Epiphany is from the second book of the Kings, the fifth chapter. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened, when the king of Israel read the letter, that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive, that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious, and went away, and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me, and stand, and call on the name of the Lord his God, and wave his hand over the place, and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more than when he says to you, Wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, 
and came and stood before him. And he said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. This is the word of the Lord. The nations shall fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth your glory. For the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. The epistle is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, the eighth chapter. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, if by some means, now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the eighth chapter. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes, and to my servant, Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west 
and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into utter utter darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. This is the gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets, And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. From God the Father, virgin born, to us the only Son came down, by death the font to consecrate, the faithful to regenerate. Beginning from his home on high, in human flesh he came to die, Creation by his death restored And shed new joys of life abroad Glide on, O glorious Son, and bring the gift of healing on your wing to every dull and clouded sense the cleanness of your light dispense. 
Abide with us, O Lord, we pray. The gloom of darkness chase away. Your work of healing, Lord, begin and take away the stain of sin. Lord, once you came to earth's domain, and we believe shall come again, be with us on the battlefield, from every harm your people shield. To you, O Lord, all glory be, for this your blessed epiphany, to God whom all his hosts adore, and Holy Spirit evermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. This is the word of the Lord. Welcome, Prince said Aslan. Do you feel yourself sufficient to take up the kingship of Narnia? I, I don't think I do, sir, said Caspian. I'm only a kid. Good, said Aslan. If you had felt yourself sufficient, it would have been a proof that you were not. What makes a man worthy? Is it his unworthiness? No. If unworthiness merited worth, that would be a contradiction. The one who is unworthy cannot, by the same account, be worthy. Prince Caspian is not worthy to be king because he is unworthy. He is worthy because he recognizes his unworthiness. That is humility. The eyes that bring about such humility are the eyes of faith, which see God for who he is and see the self in comparison for what it is. 
the liturgical instructions for Gentile converts to Judaism in the ancient days exhibit the same sense of humility that Prince Caspian does. If a man wants to become a proselyte, he must be asked, What reason do you have for wanting to become a proselyte? Do you not know that Israel at this time is afflicted and oppressed, despised, harassed, and overcome by afflictions? If he says, I know, and I am not worthy, he should be received immediately. Humility born of the recognition of one's own unworthiness is the thing that makes him worthy, not because he is great for pretending to be small, but because in that humility he confesses unworthiness before one far greater than himself who embraces him and who makes him worthy. The full cannot be filled, but the empty only. The centurion of Capernaum is a proselyte preparing for circumcision. The centurion is Prince Caspian preparing for coronation. What is so great about his faith is its humility. He sees both Jesus and himself with the eyes of faith that do not lie. You are the Lord. And I am nothing, he says. But he has the faith of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who despite being rebuked by her son, still had faith that he would grant aid and heed her request. It is true what the centurion says, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. This is a confession of the Christ. As surely as St. John the Baptizer said, He who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose, and I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? So too does the centurion in faith confess the greatness of the Christ and the lowliness of the man he has come to serve. Yet it is the centurion's confession of unworthiness that makes him worthy. For him who truly understands his lowly estate cannot do anything but cry to the Lord, whom he knows he is not worthy to approach, but whom he knows will still hear and act. The centurion knows that Jesus does not need to enter his house. For this man is the Christ the Son of the living God. If he brought creation into existence with his word, certainly he can heal an ailing man. The centurion's recognition of unworthiness is why his faith is so marvelous according to Jesus. Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel, that this unclean Gentile would be praised for a faith greater than that of the Jews is a deep wound to the pride of the Israelites, particularly the Pharisees. What is the difference between the Pharisees as representative of Israel and this lowly centurion? 
The Pharisee sees himself as being great, as being worthy, but that is his pride. He is so grand in his own eyes, even as he claims to follow the Lord, that he cannot see the Lord. His view of the divine in heavenly orbit is obscured by a dark eclipse, himself blocking out the light of God. The centurion, on the other hand, sees God as grand because he is not hindered by his opinion of himself. He is not so great in his own mind that his ego obscures his visions of God. What is the difference between the centurion and you? Jesus speaks a word and heals the centurion's servant, but for you, Jesus enters under your roof, not only the roof of your four-walled domicile, but the roof of the tabernacle that is your very flesh. Recognizing this reality, the church has long used the words of the centurion as preparation for the moment of intimacy, wholly undeserved, that takes place within the Holy Eucharist. It is the altar of God that becomes the setting of the encounter at Capernaum, and you are now that centurion. Do you believe yourself worthy that the Lord should enter under your roof? If you do, for whatever reasons you provide, you must repent. You run the risk of causing a spiritual eclipse and losing sight of the Lord you claim to be worthy to see. Do you fear what might become of you if Jesus should draw near to you and enter in? If you do, for whatever reasons you hold your mind and will captive, you must repent. Whose word is greater than him who is the very word of God? Who can be trusted but him whose word is never broken? Are the myriad voices of the world truly where you would stake your claim? If so, you will continue not to see the Lord you wish to see because you have turned your back to him and your gaze toward others instead. Do you confess yourself to be unworthy that the Lord should enter, under your ho enter into your home, into you? Do you recognize the greatness of the Christ and the impotence of yourself? Are you one of great faith like that centurion who gazes not to himself but to Christ? The Roman Catholic liturgies of old have often included the centurion's faithful words within the Eucharistic liturgy. As the pastor holds out the bread and wine, now body and blood, the people confess, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Our liturgy does not use the same words, but it does express the same sentiment. After the pastor extends the body and the blood, the people sing, O Christ, thou Lamb of God, that takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. What is the difference between those two responses? Absolutely nothing but spelling.
They are the same in substance, for they are both the humble acknowledgement of a faith that knows and desires Christ, most especially because it has seen that there is nothing worth seeing in the self. Everything in you that is worth a damn is from Christ and from him alone. Of course you are not worthy that he should enter into you. This is faith. But faith does not make that confession in order that Christ would agree with it. No, no, you are correct. You are not worthy. I will avoid you as per your request. Christ does not choose to visit those who are worthy. He makes them worthy whom he chooses to visit. But he cannot visit those with full cups, minds eclipsed from him and filled with their own worth. Christ comes to fill cups, not to empty them. But know that when he comes to fill your cup, he does so in such abundance that it runs over eternally. As far as the outpouring of grace and mercy is concerned, Christ does not listen when you say, When? because he alone determines how much he wishes to give. Your body is a sewer, the roof of which sits low and slimy over the gray and settled pools of your own worth. Your mouth is nothing but a manhole cover. When you approach Christ, you do not want him to enter in, not because you do not want him, but because the abode of your flesh is no place for one who is as great as he. But fact though it may be, you are not the one who determines which place is good for Christ to be. Indeed, the best place for him to be for your salvation is in you. So he enters through the manhole cover. He climbs down, and he resides under that low, slimy roof, wading through the gray water that makes him filthy, but somehow leaves you clean inside. Of course, you and the centurion are unworthy, but you recognize it, and that makes you worthy in the Christ who comes. O Lord, I am unworthy that you should come under the roof of the house that is my soul, for it is desolate and fallen, and within me you do not have a place to lay your head. Nevertheless, I am courageous, not in myself, but in your compassion. For all the humble who seek shall find, all the unworthy who seek worth shall receive, and to the empty who knock, the door shall be opened, and they shall be filled. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God and our Lord Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the people of God clothed in a righteousness bestowed, for a fervent yearning for the touch of Christ as it is given in word and in sacraments, for the health and well-being of the living body of the Holy Church, for the faithfulness of bishops and pastors, for the piety of the people, and for the preservation of the pure doctrine of the Holy Catholic Church, let us pray to the Lord. For all saints and martyrs of the faith, of whom the world is not worthy, for encouragement and example in the men and women of old, 
for right confession in life and in death, for perseverance, strength, and resoluteness in every good calling, and for unending light to shatter the gloom of darkness, let us pray to the Lord. For the nations of the world and for her people, for peace without warfare, prosperity without greed, love without condition, and joy without restraint, that God would crush all evildoers and end all strife, And for the dawn of Christ's return to the nations, let us pray to the Lord. For good and noble rulers, for wisdom and integrity to all in authority, especially to Joseph, our president, to Michael, our governor, and to all other men and women who serve in positions of authority. For patience and calm, for eyes to see Christ in every neighbor and hands to act according to the dignity of personhood, for the innocent, the just, and the unborn, and for repentance in humility, let us pray to the Lord. For the love of Christ to burn with zeal, for the strength and preservation of all Christian marriages, for upright and faithful men, for compassionate and caring women, for the work of all fathers and mothers, for the preservation of the household, for honorable and obedient children, and for comfort to the barren, the infertile, the childless, and all who mourn the loss of children. Let us pray to the Lord. For all that is good, right, true, and honorable to abound, for renewed vigor in rebelling against the spirit of the age, for defense against every evil of body and soul, for spiritual renewal, and for undisturbed Christian life and living in the way, let us pray to the Lord. For the healing of the great physician, as he knows it is needed and in his good pleasure, for all who suffer ill, all who live in sorrow, and all who fear with hopelessness, for the sick and distressed, especially Sherry, Judy, Jim, Pam, Kenzie, Jeremy, and Welton, for peace to the dying, blessed repose to the dead, and comfort to the bereaved, especially the family of Ruth. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, though you are the everlasting word of the Father, you did not spurn the virgin's womb, but took upon yourself the dusty flesh of your fallen creatures. In you the mercy of the Godhead is not only seen, but touched and tasted, known to the fullest in your communion with man. Grant that we who seek this holy food of flesh and blood may have hearts made pure to receive, that by your hand we may be fed with tangible divinity unto life everlasting and not to our great harm. Sustain us in every endeavor. Plead for us before the heavenly throne and gather your holy church together from the ends of the earth, that we may be one body with you as our head, even as you now live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. 